The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Hello and thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I'm Clive and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Ricky. Hello. Good evening, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, We have another guest for you this week, um, resident New Japan columnist on LordsofPain.net as well as a host of the Perfect Ten Wrestling Podcast on Lords of Pain Radio. It's... Mr. Thursday Night Implications, Imp, how are you this evening? I'm very, very good. Just had a lovely spaghetti. I've got a very loud Magnus, which I've moved to the side. <laughs> which I've learned uh, I guess there was a um, like superstar thing on Lords of Pain Radio, and uh, I've got a knack for having really loud alcohol drinks. <laughs> so I've created a space specifically for it, by the way. But yes, I'm good. <laughs> Did you have the short answer? <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> now, before we get on to the meat of the show just want to say another thank you for another strong week for downloads of the podcast so Ricky and I would like to thank you and how would we like you to do that by basically asking you to help us get more downloads I know that's a wee bit cheeky of me but um, (laughs) with that comes the possibility of a free t-shirt all you have to do is go to the app that you're listening to this on click the word competition on the show notes uh, and after a couple more clicks, you'll be able to share the show on either Twitter or Facebook. And to be eligible for this competition, just take a screenshot of your screenshot of your post, uh, send a DM of the picture to at Ricky and Clive. There's no ampersands in there. At Ricky and Clive on either Twitter or Facebook, and your name will be picked at random live on next week's episode. And anyone can enter. Even you, Imp, are allowed a shot if you so wish. <laughs> I want that T-shirt more than anything. You can even <laughs> you can even buy your own T-shirt if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be a cheap gimp. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's been a busy week with the superstar shakeup. Um, before we talk about that, though, Imp, mm. how were you with WrestleMania? How did you feel that that went and the takeover overall? Well. A takeover was exactly what I kind of picture every big takeover should be, where from start to finish it flows so well, and it's just like a, a very good show, no matter the quality of the matches, it just flows, and it's not a huge effort to get through, which is a perfect comparison to WrestleMania, where the first couple of hours were great, and I was really enjoying it, and I was thinking, this could actually be a great WrestleMania. Then the second two hours or two or three hours happened and it was just slowly downhill until the crowd started playing with the beach ball because they were bored. <laughs> it's just, yeah, the, the crowd summed it up. It started off hot and then ended up like, I just don't care. Uh-huh. Ricky, I think it sums it up there. That, that was a good barometer, the whole crowd reaction. It ended up just being the beach ball party at the end. <laughs> yeah, um, just to touch on takeover, I agree. Like In terms of 
quality of matches. It was excellent. Um, like you said, first couple levels of WrestleMania, it was on course for me to be arguably the greatest WrestleMania ever. And then the second half, yeah, it sort of it died down a little bit. But we've had a, ten days or so now to digest it, and you know I've come to terms with everything. I've sort of accepted everything that happened, um, and it's just sort of time to move on, I suppose now. And move on, we shall. <laughs> a nice wee segue there. Um, so the first, the last week was all right in terms of the sort of Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania. There weren't any major announcements or anything, but this couple of last few nights has been quite interesting. And I actually have a list here of all the movers from the Superstar Shakeup. Uh, and what would you say have been the sort of top four or five moves for each brand? Well, I've literally just written a column about this, <laughs> which will be posted uh, later today after uh, we've done this. This is posted uh, today, isn't it? Like, as soon as it's edited, and was it tomorrow? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's confusing for you if you're listening to it and download it. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, so it, it will be up whenever whenever this is posted anyway. But it, yeah, so for me, the biggest ones seem to have gone to SmackDown. Um, like, there's a few who are mid-carders who, or there's someone who, with a revamp, could work, like Bobby Roode. I, I don't know whether to say it's a good one yet, because I don't know what they're going to do with him. <laughs> Whilst on SmackDown, they got guys like Samoa Joe, or The Bar, or Asuka, who are immediately going to have definite impacts on their divisions. So, it's pretty clear for SmackDown. For Raw a bit more difficult because they've already got their like established guys and mm-hmm. who they want to push and what storylines they want to do but they've brought in other people who can kind of help propel that rather than an actual someone who would change the game uh-huh. I think for me Samoa Joe that was just stunned when his music played when, <laughs> uh, when yes, Sankara was in the ring uh, at first I was a bit surprised and thought no I'm not sure if I'm happy with that but the promo that he made after the match was just, it was frightening, to be honest with you. Um, he put absolutely everyone in notice. He said some truthful things as well, with it being the land of handouts instead of opportunities. Um, it was just such an acquisition that I'm really looking forward to hopefully seeing Samoa Joe right up in the main event scene of SmackDown. What about yourself, Ricky? Um, I think they'll probably turn Bobby Roode heel relatively soon there seems to be a real lack of top end heels on Raw just now I think uh, I would assume when Ambrose comes back he'll turn heel I, I would be quite surprised if it was Seth I expect when Ambrose comes back I expect him to turn heel but I also expect Bobby Roode to turn heel uh, there's a little too many uh, main event type faces uh, just not enough heels in my mind Um Samoa Joe, like I didn't expect that at all. To be honest with you, I, like that never even came into my head, my head that he might go over to SmackDown. Um, and like you say, the promo he cut was outstanding. And personally, I don't know if there's a better promo guy in WWE at the moment than Samoa Joe. Um, it's 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 sort of it takes you back in a sense to when Heyman was running SmackDown. When was that? Like back in oh four or three? Was it? I can't remember the first brand spot. Uh-huh. Um, where Raw, it is what it is now. It's not so much about the wrestling; it's about the entertainment. It's about everything. And SmackDown 
it seems like it's just going to be nothing but the wrestling. Um, almost like a NXT Ring of Honor type feel to it, if I'm honest as well. Um, but yeah, uh, for me, SmackDown, on, on on paper at the moment anyway, like you said, we can't, says we can't jump to conclusions too soon, specifically about Raw, but on the face of it right now, to me, SmackDown came out on top and their product, on paper at least, looking at it right now, is going to be significantly better than Raw's. But at the same time, I think Raw still got a lot of big, big main event type players there as well. So it's difficult to say at the moment. But for me, I'd, I would put the edge to SmackDown. I think they've fleshed, Raw have definitely fleshed out the mid card scene because, in the absence of the universal title, a lot of the sort of normal mid carders were put into the main event slot, and hopefully soon. I'm not going to get my fingers crossed too tightly, but hopefully soon the universal title is going to be back on Raw as a permanent fixture. And that will sort of right all the wrongs in terms of the mid-card, main event card hierarchy. The, my only issue was, I thought, last year's SmackDown acquisitions were really good as well. But then they went on to have a really bad creative year. And I'm just hoping that they don't do that again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, the, with um, like with Raw, my kind of... When I, well, especially when I was trying to put together my column... Um, I, was, I was trying to split it into like mid card and main event, or whatever, and go through each one and see how the shakeup actually shook up each division. But the issue with Raw is they don't really have a main event scene. They've got because their world title is Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. and Roman Reigns, and that's it. Because <laughs> Brock Lesnar isn't there. Everyone else is like an upper mid carder, either fighting for the Universal Championship or like Braun Strowman just defeating, just destroying people to keep his momentum going. But there isn't actually a main event scene. So when Roman, like you said, when Roman Reigns actually wins the Universal Championship, suddenly that card is going to be that, that upper mid card area. You can see people shift down to the Intercontinental Championship, and you can see people fly up to the main event. But I've got no idea which people are going to go where. So it's going to be quite an interesting time. Like for me, the shakeup isn't actually going to happen to Raw like a proper a whole fresh feeling to the show until Roman Reigns wins. Which means if, if Brock Lesnar wins, that would be hilarious. Oh, <laughs> just, please, no, please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> could, could you just imagine, no, the reaction from everyone <laughs> if Brock did win at uh, Saudi Arabia? <laughs> just um, a, yeah, just a strong offer. <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I thought there would be a chance that Braun could have ended up SmackDown because, like you say, he is literally. I don't know what what his role is on Raw. Um, we had someone else on from Social Support last week, and he seems to think that they're positioning Braun as like the number one sort of babyface. Um, Roman Roman Reigns could be like seen as the number one face of the uh, number one guy of the company, but Braun's the number one babyface. But I just thought if, I felt that he could he could have went to SmackDown and he could have still been that guy. And you could have actually put a legitimate title on him as well, because right now I don't really see um, he's not going to win the universal title anytime soon. I don't think, because in my mind I've said it quite I've said it all the time that I believe when Roman Reigns wins it, I think he's going to have a, a relatively long run with it. So I felt Braun could have maybe benefited from going over to SmackDown. Um, but I can also understand why Vince boy to maybe keep him on Raw as well. Um, but yeah, like, um, 
I think as soon as we get the show in Saudi Arabia out of the way, we'll have an idea of what the main event scene and everything else will fall into place on Raw after mm-hmm. that. I think, I know we're talking about the Superstar shakeup, but this greatest Royal Rumble thing has really thrown the spanner in the works for me because there are two or three matches where I feel as if I already know the outcome, which hammers home the fact that this is just a glorified house show. So you've got, let me think off the top of my head, The Bar will be fighting the winners of the... Is it The Bar versus The Woken Warriors? Um, or whatever yeah, yeah. they're called? Yep. Right, but The Bar have just moved to SmackDown, so you would imagine that The Woken Warriors will become the tag champs. I don't know if I just made that nickname up for them, have I? <laughs> I've seen it on Twitter, but I don't right. think that counts. <laughs> or is, is Woken Warriors the name that he has for his followers? So basically... <laughs> The whole internet will be the rock tag champs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's that match. Jeff Hardy has a rematch with Jinder Mahal for the US title, but Jinder Mahal's on Raw. And Samoa Joe is fighting Roman Reigns at Backlash, and he says, if Roman Reigns dethrones Brock Lesnar at Greatest Royal Rumble, I'll rip that universal title off his, we- off his waist and bring it to SmackDown. But we know that's not going to happen. <laughs> I think... I think... Um... Obviously, that Jinder and Jeff match, um, if, for instance, Jinder wins it, then obviously that means that Miz will win the Intercontinental title, which is a backlash. So I get I get where you're coming from. So either way, one way or another, we sort of, we're going to know the results of the other match based on what happens in Saudi Arabia. But, you know, a lot of the times, like, you'd sort of know what's going to be the outcome of the match. You just sort of just need to sit back and enjoy the actual match itself. Um, I know where I know where you're coming from, but I know you're saying it's a glorified house show. But fucking hell, is one hell of a house show. <laughs> like that, some of the matches they've put on are, is unbelievable. Triple H and Cena, um, my man Rusev and Undertaker. You get so many guys coming back for the Royal Rumble as well. Jericho, um, Rey Mysterio. Like you said, you've got the, the tag title match as well. Um, Jeff and Jinder. So, I say if it's if you're if it's if you're still classing it as a house show, like I say, it's one hell of a house show. And I, I'll be tuning in to watch it anyway. And a good thing for us is <laughs> is it not like at five o'clock in the afternoon or something? I think it is. Yeah. So we don't need to stay up till stupid o'clock trying to watch it, <laughs> which is going to be good. What day is it on? Is it a Sunday? It's a no, is it's it, a Friday. Is it next Friday? Is it twenty seventh? Twenty seventh? Which is, is that next Friday? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next Friday, which is surprising that it's on a Friday over in Saudi Arabia, but just because of religious reasons. But hey ho, I have like even though the time suits me, I really don't know if I'll be able to bring myself to watch it. I've just got so many reasons for not wanting to watch it. I mean, fifty men in a Royal Rumble. <laughs> That's gonna be long. Oh. <laughs> like unless the. Unless they reduce the the time between each entrant, that's going to go on for what, like ninety minutes, maybe. Because <laughs> <laughs> isn't isn't it? It's in a huge arena as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like a seven. I, I can't remember. It's like sixty thousand, six, 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 something like that. Mm. I yeah, can't so remember. It, the, I can't remember the name of the stadium. Yeah, so like, especially if they did like a sixty every sixty seconds, they'd all have to get on that little scooter and just go down to the <laughs> ring. <laughs> it's a huge, yeah, huge stadium, so it's going to be a long walk to the ramp as well. 
So, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be so long that event. Unless, <laughs> unless, unless they do what the Undertaker done at WrestleMania a few years ago and just pop up halfway through the ramp, just to cut time. Mm. Right, so yeah, it is sixty-two thousand. Sixty-two thousand, yeah. and that's <clears> not even. That's just the seats. So it's a football stadium. So it's, that's just or a soccer stadium. That's just around the pitch. So you'd imagine there's going to be obviously seats around the ring closer. So you're probably maybe looking about seventy thousand in total. Because it feels like the like the biggest fan service event they've ever done. <laughs> it's just every name they could find, every random stipulation. <laughs> they got a ladder match, they got a casket match, a fifty man Royal Rumble, <laughs> got legends coming back. <laughs> it's just they've seemingly thrown so much money at this. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it got some aid from Saudi Arabia or like one of the princes or whatever who seemed oh. to be very invested. <laughs> so. that, has, that has to be surely like that's for mm. me that's the only reason you would go over there is because you must be getting some sort of monetary reward or mm. there's got to be a significant amount of cash being thrown at them. <laughs> and also, isn't isn't the Universal title match in the cage? Yes, a steel cage match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to up it even more. <laughs> so much. Do you think that, apart from, it's not even a certainty, but um, do you think there will be any other title Changes at the Greatest Royal Rumble that, th- oh. that throw this superstar shake-up up in the air already? Well, I speculated about the bar winning and just thinking, because it's called the Raw Tag Team Titles, if they defend it on SmackDown, is it still the Raw Tag Team Titles or is it a second SmackDown Tag Team title or is the Raw just in the name? It doesn't actually matter. It's just a tag team title. <laughs> so <laughs> it's... It's really, like, obviously, it was one of those things where I was just right typing it out and just thinking, wait, it doesn't matter. They're not going to win. <laughs> so I don't really, mm-hmm. I'm not, but unless, like what you were talking about earlier, like Jinder wins and then the Intercontinental Championship changes hand to The Miz or Samoa Joe. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't really see any big surprises because <laughs> they're all on the same show. The only one that isn't, as far as I can remember, is the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. With the... That's on Backlash. Yeah. Or was it on Backlash? I, oh, that. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just realised that the Intercontinental title's on the line as well in a ladder match. Is it? Yeah. And Joe, I know, I can't remember if it was on the Raw after WrestleMania that they'd done an advertisement and it advertised some more Joe being in that match. I don't know if that's been made official or anything yet. I remember seeing that. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that match as well. Like there, that that show is going about five hours itself. <laughs> <laughs> because um, um, Stephen Bell, another host on Laws of Pain Radio, he was made he made the point on Twitter uh, either today or yesterday, saying that in a technically, if all of these people would win, Raw will only have one championship left, and that would be the women's championship, which wasn't allowed to be defended because oh, right. <laughs> like the Miz could win the Intercontinental Championship then the bar could win the tag team championship. Uh, Jeff Hardy can keep the US championship. <laughs> and then if Roman Reigns does win, then that backlash, Roman Reigns is facing Samoa Joe. So if Samoa Joe wins that backlash, they don't even have a world championship. <laughs> now they're just down to the women's. <laughs> it's like, you idiot, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> he really has shown his um, mental cognition's not all there anymore, isn't he? I know it's all kayfabe, but there's just... <laughs> I mean... See, when, 
It would be actually quite funny if Samoa Joe won the ladder match for the IC title and then he stripped Roman Reigns of the Universal title, so he's just walking about in SmackDown like the Austin Aries of WWE, <laughs> just collecting belts all over the place. Uh, I mean, he's, a, he's got six belts now, doesn't he, Aries? Five or yeah, six. Did no, we get... did not. I thought he oh. won one in Seattle the weekend. Did he win the Ring of Honor Television Championship? I know he's going for that. I don't know if that's... Has that happened yet? Yeah, I wasn't sure if it's aired yet or if they've even recorded it or anything. So then next year we'll see Samoa Joe versus Austin Aries in the ultimate title (laughs) unification match. Just every single belt on the line. I would, it, would need to, it would need to be what is that is it King of the Mountain whatever stupid that match <laughs> well, <with> the... <laughs> you start outside the ring they're going to have a long time trying to hang up all those belts though are they not <laughs> it would be like a clothing rack where it's just got them all unhooked <laughs> <laughs> uh, see uh, one of the things that I didn't find that good about both brands was the tag team division I thought I know the bar's moving over to Smackdown so you do have a potential dream feud between the bar and the Usos but it just feels a bit lacklustre from both ends I really wish the revival had went over Um, but I'm wondering if the Raw are actually making plans to make a couple more teams so you've got Drew McIntyre who that was a surprise I didn't think that would happen at all, teaming up with Ziggler. Do you think they'll well, be a tag sorry, team? Sorry to cut you off. Like, Remember, we were talking about it the other day, and I, remen- I mentioned Drew McIntyre, so I kind of had that return spoiled. But it, like you said, it was still a nice surprise. Right. But, uh, do you think they'll be a tag team, or do you think Drew McIntyre will just be Ziggler's muscle? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> that it could go either way at the moment because <laughs> like, all we've seen them is come in and attack a tag team and that's the part that makes it confusing like will they, was there, are they attacking the tag team because they're in the tag team division or was Cruz just available he's got his, he, Cruz has got his last name back which is nice but yeah I don't know I don't know if uh, McIntyre is going to be uh, apparently there's rumours that he could be like uh, Shawn Michaels and Diesel where, like, Drew McIntyre is obviously a ten times better diesel. <laughs> He's in amazing shape. <laughs> it's incredible. Mm. But, oh, uh, yeah, so I don't know which way they're going to go, but I wouldn't mind either way. I think Ziggler, like, if they do do it this Michael's diesel way, that could really work. Uh-huh. I think See, it... I, I tend to think, based on when um, Drew hit the Claymore and Ziggler hit the zigzag, uh, like, mm. simultaneously... That sort of, to me, suggested that maybe as a tag team that would be their finisher. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe I might be reading too much into it. Um, I think it could go either way. I think he might start. He might start off as um, Ziggler's muscle before ultimately becoming a tag team. Um, but I'm hoping. Where are we? End of April. I would hope, say, maybe by September time, October. I think at the latest. I would hope Drew sort of broke away. And he starts to get pushed as a singles guy because a singles guy, he I think he will be one of the one of Raw's top guys. Um, I really actually not just because he's Scottish, but I'd like him to do well. I really like him. Um, and hell, if 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 the singles run doesn't work out, we could always get the band back together. You know. <laughs> oh, Ricky, you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's funny because that would 
That would elevate Heath Slater. It's <laughs> <is> really weird. <laughs> hey, he's got kids. <laughs> oh, like, it's really weird to think that out of that group, Heath Slater would be the weak link. <laughs> it's really strange. And it's also weird to think that in 2018, the reformation of 3MB would be kayfabe, a step down for gender. It's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> I actually think gender on Raw isn't that bad a move because when he was doing his usual rubbish promos on Smackdown they were just being met with apathy from the crowd they were just not caring but I think Raw crowds tend to be more um, vitriolic and a bit more raucous so maybe he'll get the booze that management are actually looking for so it could work in his favour I still think he's a very mediocre wrestler and all that stuff but in terms of the sort of wrestling pantomime side of things, it could work out actually. I don't know if that will well, be. Like um, like we're saying with people either dropping down to the mid card scene or getting up to the main event once Reigns wins the title, uh, Jinder Mahal for me is perfect for the kind of person who should step down to that intercontinental level. Mm-hmm. He's for me, he's an amazing mid card heel. Where when he was given that huge push in the main event, it just didn't work. But he's an amazing. I reckon he'll be fine in the mid card. Yeah. Not sure about feuding with No Way Jose, but he'll be fine. Oh, No Way Jose. I, I, I actually kind of like gender, and, and Clive will tell you that from, I've said it for a long time. I, I come to, at the start of his title reign, I was sort of on board, but by the end of it, I was I was done in. Uh, I didn't like it, you know, same as everyone, but I actually, I like gender as a heel. Um, he get like you said, he gets, he gets booze. Um, maybe it might not be the greatest in the ring, but... I, I still like him, and I think he'll he'll suit Raw quite well. I think he'll fit, like you said, Clive. I think he'll fit in there better. Um, and I, and I think I wouldn't, like you said, I wouldn't elevate him any further than say that mid card title. Um, that is a good spot for him, and that's probably the spot he should have been in all along, or at least he should have been in that spot before getting given the the, the WWE title on SmackDown. But you know what can you do now? But like I say, it's, a, it's a good spot for him. It is. Another possible tag team um, forming that I was thinking about was there's been quite a lot of chat on social media of Chad Gable moving over to Raw and obviously Jason Jordan, I'm not sure of a timeline but he'll be returning from injury at some point over the next couple of months and there has been a question of whether they will feud against each other or they will form a tag team. What would your preference be Imp, for that, those two guys? Hmm, that's a tough one. <laughs> Because the only thing that they shouldn't do is do a... Actually, it was all a joke. Chad Gable is Kurt Angle's son. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that would be the like the word. Just don't do that, no. <laughs> but um, assuming they're going along with Jason Jordan being Kurt Angle's son, there is room for rivalry there, especially with Chad as a heel. But I, I say, because that's more Chad Gable against Kurt Angle rather than against Jason Jordan, because the fans aren't behind Jason Jordan. He's a great. Like, he's, I feel, feel really sorry for him because when he got injured, he was kind of finding his niche. Yeah. And I feel sorry because I wanted to know where that was going to go. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to pick it up immediately. But yeah, I guess it all depends on where they want Jason Jordan because I've got no idea what they do with Chad Gable. Mostly because he wasn't even on the main show like at all. It's just revealed on Twitter with the jobbers, which isn't. It's not inspiring when that happens. <laughs> like, I don't know. Huge hopes when you're announced on Twitter. It's like, uh, I know that's yeah. never a good sign. Mm. Did you see? Yeah, what, yeah. Did you see what Shelton Benjamin said on SmackDown last night? I I never needed 
Chair Gable. Uh-huh. He was saying, uh-huh. what was it he <laughs> said? Something about, I wish Chad all the best. Uh, my Twitter account said, I wish Chad all the best. And then he said, oh, by the way, my Twitter account was hacked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from from a pure wrestling aspect, uh, Chad Gable and Jason Jordan could be like a quote-unquote five-star. Like that, just, just, just to watch the actual wrestling match would be unbelievable, I think. I would... Um, Depending on when he comes back and when Dean comes back, I think I would like to see Jason Jordan in a Seth Rollins programme. And I would also like to see Chad Gable in Jason Jordan at some point. I'm content whatever way you want to go with it. If you want to go Rollins first or or vice versa, go Chad Gable first, I'm happy with that. But I think at some point, and obviously having them both on Raw, I think you still... like I say, the Raw tag division isn't exactly too, it's not that strong at the moment. I could probably name maybe two or three like legit bona fide like teams that you think right. Well, we can get behind them, and but it always you've left the door open for American Alpha to reunite at some point as well. I wouldn't do that straight away, but I think at some point down the line that is going to happen. I think, but. Like I say, I'd, I think his first two feuds coming back from injury, I would hope to be Gable and Seth Rollins. Yeah, that's the thing. Jason Jordan became injured and had to leave TV in the middle of a story with Seth Rollins, which at the time looked like it would possibly be a Mania programme, and I was all for that. Um, so it's good that he has he's coming back with the potential to just keep a storyline going especially with Chad Gable going over to Raw because remember during the when I can't remember Smackdown invaded Raw just in the lead up to Survivor Series and Chad Gable entered the dressing room and just went straight for Jason Jordan which made perfect sense I thought that was good just simple continuity but the question is do they remember that continuity and keep it going no. or will they just <laughs> sorry was that a daft question Yes. <laughs> in NXT they would. It would have been on purpose, but no. <laughs> no I don't trust them anymore to do that at all. Uh, so while, and we're sort of jumping about quite a bit here, but while Jason Jordan, when he returns from injury, has the potential to continue stories, Big Cass has just been shoehorned into the upper, possibly even main event scene of SmackDown. And that ruined my whole hour and a bit of SmackDown last night. Can I can I can I give you my theory just to sort of maybe put your mind at ease? Try go for it. What if next week, obviously Miz wasn't there. He done like a pre-recorded message. What if next week Daniel Bryan's out in the ring or the Miz is out in the ring cutting a promo? Daniel Bryan comes down to confront him before they're able to do anything. Cass appears and again boots Daniel Bryan and you would there have a similar situation with Ziggler and Drew McIntyre where Cass would be would form an alliance with the Miz and he would be seen as a Miz's muscle. So you would like I want I wanted the Miz to actually go over to SmackDown as well, but because they're not, you could have a uh, big Cass on the side with Miz and then you would delay Miz and Daniel Bryan. Because I hope we don't get that straight out the out straight out of the gate because like I understand the need to sort of make every pay-per-view feel significant and almost feel SummerSlam WrestleMania type because that's why they gave you John Cena. So I would I would think I would like to see the Daniel Bryan Miz storyline play out till round about SummerSlam. 
him before you have have a blow off match there. Unless I know, I know. Unless you want to keep this sort of this storyline sort of bubbling away all year long, might not be the focal point of each man's um, feuds or stories, but it's always bubbling away in the background, similar to how Kevin Owen and Sammy, how they may maybe in different feuds, but whenever they came across one another, you know they would be beating a living hell at each other. So I would, I, I would personally have I'd put Cass alongside Miz because I think there you. You prolong the Miz Daniel Bryan feud, and in the in the same same sentence, in the same breath, you would somewhat protect Cass as well, because you're not going to expose him too much, and and he's not going to get pushed straight away. Because quite frankly, from what we saw of him before he got injured, he's not ready anywhere near ready. So I think that would be a nice wee spot for him, and let's like say it would be similar to the Drew McIntyre um, Ziggler situation, and it also gives Miz um, backup. But also more, just as important, you've got Cass having a mouthpiece. Do you know? I actually really like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the fact, just that from apart from all the other stuff, Cass having a mouthpiece works wonders, especially if it's a Miz. So if he has muscle on SmackDown that isn't Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, and he's just got a right, just a massive guy who looks like he's in better shape than he was when he left. Uh, that could work. Do you think that's a good idea, Imp? Or would you do something different with Colin Cassidy? Um, no, yeah, I really like that idea as well. Mostly because I feel like as a singles guy, Castle kind of needs the help. I don't know what it was, but I felt like it wasn't clicking when he was feuding with Enzo. So he's kind of lucky he got injured. But especially with what happened to Enzo anyway. So Aye, he's very true. lucky he got injured. But I, yeah, I really like the idea of giving him Miz as a mouthpiece because. There's something about the way he talks where I feel like he needs a bit of help or just a bit more over time he'll get better kind of thing. And that's kind of how I feel about his overall run. It's just over time he'll get better. But if he's paired with Miz, that'll kind of help him to get over as a singles guy. But uh, as long as they don't have like, smaller superstars turning around and nearly poking their eyes out with his nipples, <laughs> he'll be fine. <laughs> I think, I mean, you've both said valid points. That he's just not ready at the moment with regards to mic work and stuff what annoyed me the most was I had a feeling that just before the main event of Smackdown they had a few people being named uh, likes of Absolution, they came over we'll touch on that in a wee minute, that'll be quite interesting actually, but they had Almas announced as well for Smackdown Live, which was just that was fantastic, I'm not sure if, like, I think there's still plenty of great rivalries and matches that he could have had in NXT but if he's on SmackDown, I'm happy about that. Uh, but what I had, I just had a feeling that someone from one of those sort of short video announcements would be interrupting the main event. It just so happened that it was Big Cass instead of Andre Dalmas, and that's what upped me the most, I think. But I think Almas is. You've been wanting this for a few weeks, Ricky. That's quite the acquisition there, definitely. I I was expecting him last week. And then when he never came last week, I sort of I thought he might come uh, last. He might have came yesterday, which he did. Um, I think it was last week. And I don't know if you would agree with this statement. Or I say is I I very I would I would maybe mention two, maybe three wrestlers' names in the same sentence as AJ Styles. I said last week. I, I truly believe it. Pound for pound, I think Almas is every bit as good as anyone in the WWE at the moment. Um, these last sort of four or five months I've been blown away by how good he is 
Um, not just my match against Gargano and just the one against last week with Alistair Black. I just think everything about him is excellent. And the fact that <clears throat> he's not like um, Zelina Vegas coming up as well. Like, mm. I don't, that was, they were always going to be a package, you know? So that's good that she's obviously come up as well because they work so well together. She's every bit as important to him um, as. As 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 you as you should want her to be like she plays a massive part in in him as his character and in in, in in match in the matches as well. So when when I saw that video, as soon as I saw it, like you know, I jumped up straight away and I was on my way into work while I was watching this, on, uh, and I jumped up straight away. So I was really really happy to see him, um, and and I just hope like because they have a they've got a, a habit of doing it that I hope they don't turn them into your sort of typical Mexican um, wrestler, superstar gimmick. Uh, I just hope they let him do what he's done in NXT because he he will be a main event player. Uh, I would always say very soon because it's quite a lot of big name guys on SmackDown, but I think in maybe a year or so, I think he will be right up there um, potentially holding the title as well. So I'm very, very excited to see him on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, um, NXT was a bit weird because I watched him as La Sombra in CMNL and New Japan. Mm-hmm. And like obviously with the whole Los Ingo Benavides thing, which has blown up and become huge since he's gone to WWE. Mm-hmm. But like I've seen how good he could be, and it was really weird that like that he, he got everything tied down in, uh, in the Indies and in Mexico. But then... When he came to WWE, he did the whole babyface thing, and he had the weird hat with the feather and the straps. <laughs> it was just <laughs> odd. <laughs> didn't. But then they're doing the whole tranquilo thing was uh, fantastic, and it's, it's, I think I think the only thing that SmackDown will be missing is NXT had the benefit of him doing a face run. It didn't work. Then he did the tranquilo thing where he doesn't really care. Like he lost, and he go, oh well, I'll go party. That'll be fun. But then Zelina Vega came in and focused him, and then when she came in, he's like a world champion, and he's amazing, and he's right up there with everybody else. They will obviously NXT benefited from that storyline over the course of like a year, but in on SmackDown they've got the pairing from the get go, and yes, as you as you were saying, Ricky, like Zelina Vega is so vital to that package that yeah, so like it's going to be interesting to see how they carry it over. I'd rather. They stick with the kind of tranquilo elements that are still there, and it's more about Zelina Vega than it is the fact that he's Mexican. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's all I hope. <laughs> yes, he's Mexican, but it, it, do, it shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's Mexican. And see, just from a pure wrestling standpoint, can you imagine the matches that he'll have with AJ, Daniel mm. Bryan, Shinsuke? It's just ridiculous. The quality is going to be through the roof. Mm. Like we are, we are literally we could be in for a treat at times. Like you know, we talk about AJ and Naka in one match but then you could potentially be looking like you say Daniel Bryan versus Small Joe and then you could be looking at you know um, Jeff Hardy versus Almas and we've not even spoke about Hardy yet we could be looking at Miz Randy Orton like they are all like main event real sort of pay-per-view closing type matches and that like I say I'm expecting a lot of great things from Smackdown but obviously you just sort of you'll hold that reservation at the moment just because let's say what's happened in the last year or so but I think what happened in the last year was that they were trying to tap into a market that wasn't that just they, they completely misjudged, um, and I think this is almost their way of trying to fix of what they've fixed what they've done wrong in the last twelve months. But 
that's it. To me, it's just going to be all about the wrestling, and that's going to be excellent. And I think the fact that it's only two hours as well, there's a chance that I'm hoping that we sort of take the NXT approach and how we don't see everyone every single week. Uh-huh. I wouldn't mind if it was the same, if it was same sort of two, three, four guys you might see every week. But if I didn't, ha- if I if I if I miss some more Joe one week and I get to see him the next week, and it, I, I'm happy with that. You know that old saying that the less is more. So I would I'd be on board for that as well. Um, like I say, the two hours and how stacked they are is only going to work in their favour. I think they're remedying that with having the people not on the show specifically, but you've got these selfie videos that they've started doing quite regularly in the last couple of months. Uh, that works well on 205 Live, where you've got, there's say there's someone coming down the ring, and while their music's playing, you've got their opponent for next week doing a selfie video, sort of promoting next week's show, uh, and it just gets them some TV time as well, so that could easily be done to make sure that people are still relevant while not on the show. Um, you mentioned, Ricky, you mentioned Jeff Hardy there. I have a question for you. I know that a few of your colleagues on Lords of Pain Radio uh, would rather have the future hold like sort of most of the titles and stuff like that. Now, Jeff Hardy is a fan favourite, but are you happy that he's the US champ? Or would you rather it was really properly moved forward and looked towards the, the next generation of wrestlers? Well, I'm, I've got a bit of a bias because when I was a kid, Jeff Hardy was my favourite wrestler. Uh-huh. So... I'm always happy to see Jeff Hardy in this kind of position. And the fact he's a Grand Slam champion now as well because of it is, uh, that's pretty cool. I think he's won but, everything, like literally everything, is he not? The light heavyweight and the hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> he's held bloody everything. It's insane. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm, so I'm personally fine with it. Um, I, it's all about a question of how long he holds it, especially when you've got a guy like CN or you've got a Sanity coming in as well. Like, I don't, because um, like the phrase I was using in the column is they could be. But in terms of where they place on the card, Sanity could place anywhere or everywhere. I've got no idea where they're going to fall. Uh-huh. So they could be a mid-card contender as well. I don't know what's happening with Rusev. I don't know if he's the main event. So they are contenders for the US title. But that, when you've got young guys who can... Like, I'd like to build to a young guy. Rather than, obviously, this week when it was Orton, Jeff Hardy and Shelton Benjamin. And it's like, this is really weird. It's like 2008 all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> Yeah, so in time, if like, I'm fine with it for a short while, but if they, like, if obviously I'm expecting CN to get a go, or maybe Rusev, or maybe like somebody else. Uh-huh. You know, you mentioned my favorite wrestler there, Rusev. Just put every I've said it before, and Clive, you're going to get sick and fed. You're going to get sick and fed up with hearing this. Just look, put every single title in the WWE on Rusev. <laughs> every single one of them. I think I know. I'm. Do you know what? I don't know if this is if people are going to agree or not, but I think Jeff Hardy still has one big-time main event run in him. Like, it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me at all if he got the WWE title. I think he's still got one big, big-time run in him. He's still very good in the ring, still very popular. When he was at his peak, when he was, he seems to be moving a lot of merch as well. Um, everybody loves him. It's not just the kids, not just elder folks. So I think he's still got one big, big run left in him. And I, personally, I would quite like to see that. But like you say, maybe not at the expense of someone like Almas. But like I say, it wouldn't shock me if they if they eventually did go with one final run, type, main title run with Jeff Hardy. 
Yeah, as, mm. as you were saying, he's still very popular. We've got lots of fans screaming for him when he comes down the ring. Um, and I think I've, he's actually a smarter wrestler than he used to be. I've enjoyed him when he wrestles these days. Obviously, my wrestling tastes have, have grown uh, since Jeff Hardy was last swanton bombing himself off scaffolding and stuff like that. Uh, the, when he was tagging up with Matt Hardy last year and they had this programme with The Bar, I really liked those matches. It was a totally different tag team match than you usually see from the Hardys when there's ladders all over the place. So I wouldn't be against it. I just think it's 2018 and you've got Jeff Hardy as a champ. It just sounds a bit strange. But as I said, there is a bias there. Uh, Jeff Hardy was one of my favourites growing up as well. Uh, and when he defeated, who was it he beat for the world title in Smack? Was it Triple H? No. Uh, was it Punk? I can't remember. No, yo, yes, it would have been Triple H and Edge. Yeah, it was yeah. E- either one of those guys, and that was a big pop for the man. So there's a nostal- there is a nostalgia thing there. So it's an interesting one, but we'll see what happens. I think there will be a few title changes over the next couple of weeks, though. Maybe not a couple of weeks, but definitely with dual branded pay-per-views um, there could be a bit, few more title changes more regular than there has been but we'll see with that one now I just want to spend a wee bit of time talking about the Iconics actually no sorry not the Iconics we can talk about them if you want because I love them but I mean Absolution coming over to Smackdown could this be mm-hmm. now Paige hasn't really severed ties with Absolution could we see possibly Paige being a heel GM? Mm, I don't. She feels face at the moment, uh-huh. but that's that's just because she's had one show where she was like, I'm the GM, and everyone's like, oh, I like Paige. But <laughs> <laughs> especially after the... Uh, I think the only thing holding it back from a heel turn is the really sympathetic retirement speech she gave last week. Uh-huh. That it's, like, unless you're Mark Henry, it's pretty difficult to... <laughs> <laughs> like to just suddenly turn heel after a retirement speech <laughs> like that, that's kind of why I feel like she'll be a, a face but it wouldn't surprise me if they do something some form of like conspiracy favorable booking kind of thing where it's it's like the absolution girls are getting favorable treatment over everybody else because Paige is general manager wouldn't be surprised also wouldn't be surprised if they don't do that but they have superstars think it's happening so hence the conspiracy side mm-hmm. uh, but the other thing is like they've obviously got the iconics, and the point which you accidentally amazingly made is: do they need absolution when they've got the iconics? When you can accidentally get them confused, like it's a really much point, uh, especially when Sonny Deville has got the LGBT community with her as well. Where you can do so many things with her, she could be a huge babyface purely because of that aspect and the way she kind of promotes it out like on Twitter and everything. If you've uh, ever seen her doing that kind of thing, mm-hmm. she she comes across as a very likable person. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe after a bit more experience they do run something where they're a bit more babyface or they split or something. But uh, I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> but uh, as as again um, with the iconics, there's not really much need for a heel uh, two girl thing when you've got the iconics. Ricky, what do you think? I know you didn't watch too much of NXT TV, so you probably have missed quite a lot of the iconics, Peyton and Royce. Uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. <laughs> I do the exact same thing. <laughs> um, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce had a lot of TV time on NXT. What, how have you felt about them so far? Do you think they've made an impact? Well, obviously they have, but have they made an impact on you? 
you know, I actually do watch NXT on a weekly basis. I just don't talk about it that much. Um, All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you've always said that to me, and I've always like, yep, yep, yep. I, mean, I just don't talk. I, I am... Uh, they're fine. Like, they're fine. I don't, I don't mind them so much, to be honest, but... Um, uh, to me, that division is all just about Charlotte. Um, I want the title back on her as soon as possible. Uh, but we're talking about Iconics. Um, they made a big impact last week. Uh, I enjoyed the match they had um, this week on SmackDown as well. Um, it seemed to go on a lot longer than it did, though. Um, but it, it was a good match. Um, just sort of touching on the page point as well. I think I would probably lean what Imp says. I think the more the I would lean more so to the conspiracy side aspect of it, as opposed to Paige doing a full fledged heel turn. Um, and on top of that, I think it would sort of it would be too similar to Raw, where you would have like a heel commissioner in, or a or a face commissioner and vice versa. Um, but yeah, the iconic. I think it's a good. If they're a good addition, um, that says I think they're. It was, it was Billy Kay, wasn't it? It was in the match with um, Charlotte yesterday. Yes, uh-huh. You know, she, like she, she looked, she looked, she looked fine to me. Um, I think Peyton I don't, Royce I don't, is... I don't ex, yeah, I don't expect them to like have a, a title run or anything like that. Um, but they'll definitely get a bit of heat, um, and and they'll they'll set, they'll have a role to play. I I hope they don't do. <clears throat> the already you saw the multi women uh, like sort of match um, thing coming through there with uh, Becky coming down and Asuka coming down. It felt like we had a year of multi women matches on SmackDown. I hope they, I hope they get rid of that quickly. <laughs> um, I was actually I was actually hoping Becky was coming down and then she would have turned on Charlotte. I need one of them two to turn. I was really hoping for Sasha and Bailey to come down to help. So you that, had... would have de- that would have decimated Raw's women roster. Really? Would <laughs> it Decimated it. Would it? Yes. Would you know, it be Naya, Alexa, Mickey, Ember <laughs> and Dana Brooke? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll take that. Well, instead of Asuka, what if Sasha and Bailey came down instead of Asuka? Hmm. I don't... I just I'm quite annoyed that Sasha and Bailey didn't go down. I know because um, Riot Squad interfered. No, it wasn't even Riot Squad, was it? See, there are actually too many female factions going on at the moment. We're on on Raw. Yeah, it was. Was it Riot Squad? They interfered in the match between Sasha and Bailey, which, by the yeah. way, the last five minutes of that just became like must watch. It looked like we were getting another mini classic on our hands between those two. Um, flinging fists at each other and then really quick counter lock up, um, roll ups and stuff so I was thinking right, they're not going to get the room to have the feud and the the face off that they really want from each other, so move them over to Smackdown where they'll have a bit more space but that's not going to happen now so do they team up again and take on the Riot Squad so I'm a tad disappointed that Sasha and Bailey aren't on Smackdown and it just would have happened to be uh, the four horsewomen on the same brand. So maybe when I say those words, you're right, Raw would have been decimated entirely. <laughs> because even though Raw, the Raw women, have, pro- have 
have got the biggest star, the biggest name in, in Ronda Rousey, but she's just nowhere near, obviously, ready to hold down a singles feud and to have a singles match at the moment. Without, like, having like a proper singles match as opposed to a squash match. Um, but yeah, I think if you just took Sasha and Bailey over and put them on SmackDown, that's, that would be too much because... Like I say, you've got Natalia over on Raw, and Natalia, as much as I love Natalia, she serves her role on SmackDown didn't change for years and years until she got the title, and then after that she reverted back to her normal role. She'll get a decent match out of just about anyone, but you know she's never really going to be the woman. So, but for me, it would have just been slightly too much. That would have you really would have decimated Raw's um, women roster. And even right because right now it's not exactly like full of hugely talented women. There's maybe about four or five, and that's about it. So if mm-hmm. you took them away and put them on, put them on SmackDown, it would have, that could have been like the beginning of the end for that division. Yeah, I think um, with SmackDown, they ha- there was a bit after that match with Charlotte and Billy Kay where a lot of the women were at ringside, and I thought, wow, this is some women's roster. And you've got Absolution there with Paige as the GM. I think they're actually going to be there's going to be quite a few spotlight storylines going on in SmackDown for the women. So maybe they're trying to balance that against a lot of the attention that Ronda Rousey will get on Raw. So maybe that's what that is. But I think um, SmackDown fared much better for the women side of things. I mean, you've got Asuka, Charlotte, oh, Becky. Becky, Becky Lynch. Oh, I'd love to see an Asuka Becky match. It'll be Suplex City. <laughs> you've, got, you've got Naomi in there as well. You've got Ruby Riot. Um, oh. Sorry, not Ruby Riot. Um, uh, Sonya Deville. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, like I think, I think right now they're probably evenly balanced in terms of you've got enough women on each roster to to make it through the sort of next nine to twelve months, getting good storylines and good matches. And ultimately preparing for what I think the WrestleMania match is going to be for the women. So it'll be, like I say, it, it, we've made the right decision there in terms of allocating women to each roster. Hmm. Like for me, um, I was just talking about this when I was writing my column. So a little spoiler. But the um, for the women, you've got Carmella as the champion when the match is obviously like a rematch between Charlotte and Asuka. That is the biggest match that that brand can do. So, But you've got Carmella as like the best heel who's kind of stopping that from happening by hogging spotlight and being champion. So if she, over time, like using the Iconics or whatever, does whatever she can to stay champion, then the kind of story is we will eventually want to get to Asuka versus Charlotte, but we can't do that because of bloody Carmella. And then eventually they'll get to the match and it'll be like an awesome moment. But uh, for me, this with Asuka going to SmackDown, that's also great for Carmella because it annoys you more that she's in that spot and you have mm-hmm. to watch Carmella wrestle instead of Asuka, which is always that's yeah. a nice move. And she, if uh, the theme of tonight's show seems to be that certain heels will have muscle, could the Iconics <laughs> end up as Carmella's muscle? Um, just inadvertently, because they don't seem to be an outright team at the moment. They just seem to be helping each other out. Uh, but I'll be honest, I'm not I'm not devastated that Carmella's a champion. I think storyline-wise, it makes sense that she became the champion after Charlotte uh, was destroyed by the Iconics. Um, 
I know that Charlotte just defeated Asker Streak, had one of the best matches at WrestleMania in recent times, but just from a storyline point of view, it, it made sense for me and I've got no issues with it. Um, we've not talked about Ember Moon much tonight. Imp, how do you feel about Ember Moon's long, short and long-term future? Short term, that sell from Mickey James was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that does wonders for Ember Moon as well because it makes her finisher look amazing. So Mickey James made Ember look uh, incredible. Uh-huh. Long, like long term, I'm not entirely sure because I'm because assu- uh, I don't know where the Alexa Bliss Nia Jax feud is coming going to go. And if Nia Jax is champion, what does that mean for Ember Moon? But Ember Moon did come out as a friend to Nia Jax, so she's always got that link to the champion, like from day one. So that there is that already, but again, another another thing will be where does Sasha and Bailey kind of leave those two? How do they interact with the main event scene? Does do either of them turn heel? Because that will create an opponent for Nia Jax. So I think that's the big issue. Aside from Mickey James and Alexa Bliss, who does Nia Jax have to face? Like especially that who's a heel? That that roster is thin, and that, that's kind of why Ricky was right. Like you take out Bailey and Sasha, then it is ultra thin. But as it is now, there's not really much for Nia outside of Alexa. So I would maybe build up Ember as a credible threat, but they could do like a like a friendly a friendly battle between respected wrestlers, mm-hmm. which they don't often do. Because I, I don't know where Ember fits into the title scene. But again, she's new. Does she actually need that? She could just build up as a solid character for a while before launching into the main event scene, because that's where they effed up with Bailey. Where for I have no idea why they did it, but the fast lane before WrestleMania, they had uh, Charlotte's pay per view under defeated streak ended by Bailey, who then won at WrestleMania anyway. So I was just like, well, what was the point? (laughs) As long as they don't do that with Ember Moon and they kind of take their time a bit, like they seem to be doing with Ronda Rousey, then things could be good. But I don't know where she fits in in terms of Uh like the championship hierarchy. I think it might take a while, Ricky, for the as I said there, the hierarchy to sort of realise be realised. So it's it's hard to say, but see with Ember, I'm not too sure. I think she's still got a lot lot of work to do. Her wrestling is fantastic, but there was something that see the when she tapped, she sort of fell asleep during the Shayna Baszler match when she got choked out. Uh, the ref, the camera had a close up of the ref checking to see if Ember was alright and she was still, her eyes were still open and she looked as if she was smiling at the ref and then the ref called for the bell and I thought there's some act, small acting lessons still required there and it comes across in her promos as well that I can't really relate to her too much because I just think she's not she's not nailed the the promo work yet Ricky, what do you think? I I think Naya's going to hold it right. I think until about SummerSlam, maybe maybe before it, I would turn Sasha heel at some point, and I would have Sasha win it, and then you could potentially round about at some point between SummerSlam and Royal Rumble. That's when you could potentially have Ember Moon challenging Sasha because that's what about six months down the line. But everyone would kind of understand who she is, what she's about. Etc. Etc. Um, and I would book Sasha to beat Nia Jax. But in terms of Ember Moon, I think there's no for me. There's no real rush to get her um, into, like you say, into the title picture at the moment because we're obviously going to get Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss again at some point. We'll probably maybe get Mickey James, and then for the next month or two, I suppose you could. And I always I say this word quite a bit. You could always find some sort of filler feud. 
whether it be with someone like Ruby Riot, whether it be someone else, before maybe eventually going with Sasha Bailey against Nia Jax to win the title back, to win the title. Um, but like I say, for me, there's no real rush to to push Ember Moon into the title picture just yet. I think she's good enough, certainly in terms of wrestling ability, etc. She's oh, more than good enough. Um, and, and a finisher, the Eclipse, could well be the best finisher in, the, in WWE at the moment. Um, it's, I think it is my favourite finisher. And for that alone, she's always going to get that, oh, wow, like, you know, sort of reaction from the crowd. But, like I said, there's no real rush for me at the moment just to push her in a title picture, just take her time, mm-hmm. uh, just build her up a little bit, um, let people get to know her. Because at the end of the day, we all know her from NXT, but the vast majority of the crowd won't have a won't really have a clue about her. Um, so just take your time in in time. I don't know if she'll hold the title to be honest anytime soon, or or in the next year or so. But like I said, don't rush her into it. And then when she does, I, like I said, I don't think she'll win the title. But at that point, you would you would expect her to improve in terms of mic work and, and character, etc. Everyone will know what she's about. Well, you could potentially put a title on her, but I don't really see that happening anytime soon. And it might not happen at all, depending what they end up doing with Ronda Rousey this time next year. Uh-huh. Uh huh. As you say, I, I do hope they take their time. We spoke a few, a good few months ago, Ricky, about it seems like there's some sort of curse for NXT call-ups as of late. So I'm hoping that writes itself this year and that they just take their time. They don't put them in silly feuds. Uh, against Dolph Ziggler maybe that's why they've teamed Drew McIntyre with Dolph Ziggler because it seemed like whenever someone came up from NXT they had to go through Ziggler and they were in a two to three pay-per-view feud that was just oh yawn 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 so there is that going for them so we'll see what happens I just need to train myself to be a bit more patient but I think there is enough going on for us on both brands not to have to sit and look at the nuances of how the NXT call-ups are being treated and booked in the early stages need to take some time with these things so moving on to my favourite acquisition and that was the return to his home of for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn with a great segment where him Sami and the Miseraj were just having a big hug fest in the middle of the ring on Raw that was excellent. There's already gifts about that all over the place. Imp, do you think, would you say, would you agree that Kevin Owens, especially Kevin Owens and Sammy, are back home on, Smart, uh, on Raw? Yeah, uh, well, the the thing for me especially is it means that that like, like show-dragging-down storyline with Shane McMahon is finally over, which is just great for everyone involved. SmackDown can move on, Sammy and Kevin can move on as well. Uh, in terms of, like, uh, when, like, well, yeah, especially with how Kevin Owens' last run went. Like, Sami Zayn always felt a bit underutilised, and they kind of carried that on and went into SmackDown for storyline purposes. But, yeah, Kevin Owens, obviously, it's, it's because he became Universal Champion, so that kind of, that'll always be cemented to me. Uh, and, of course, the feud with John Cena as well. Yeah, they weren't split, but it happened on Raw at that point. So, uh, lots of, the Kevin Owens' biggest moments are all on Raw, aside from like, the Hell in a Cell thing. Uh, but, uh, where they're going to actually fall is kind of interesting to me as well because they're technically a tag team so could they be a surprise like top heel contenders to Bray uh, uh, yeah. Wyatt and Matt Hardy or or not and they actually elevate someone like the Revival but they're also like top heels because they're, they're for me they are two of those guys who when 
the main event actually properly gets established, I've got no idea where they're going to go. And I'd like them to be near the top, but because it's WWE, I don't know. <laughs> As I said before, their main event is currently excluding the champion, one person big. <laughs> so it's going to be <laughs> building the entire thing from the ground up. So yeah, I'd call it the home, especially Kevin Owens, but I don't know if they are. I don't know where they're going to fall. I'm interested to see what will happen. What do you think, Ricky? Um, man, I hope, <clears throat> based off that first segment where Kurt came out and well, sorry, Kurt was out and they two appeared and they were saying, well, Stephanie brought us in and Kurt had that like, what the fuck's going on sort of thing. What's good? She went behind my back. I really hope we're not going to get a rerun of what took place in SmackDown these last six months with these two of Kurt and Stephanie now with KO and Sammy involved. Um, uh, that like that feud done absolutely nothing for them in my mind. Like it, it, it seemed like a very good idea at the start. And granted, they still got to get on to WrestleMania and had a, a match with Daniel Bryan, etc. And like ex- Sammy, especially Sammy, because Sammy in my mind is one of the top like three or five wrestlers in that company. And he was, he was given a lot more exposure. He he was in a limelight a lot. So I'm hoping in that sense it continues on Raw. <clears throat> um, but, you know, I think it's time to to get Kevin Owens back. Like, the Kevin Owens that first burst on NXT and first came up to the, the, the main roster. The Kevin Owens that literally just went round and gave everything and anything like pop-up powerbombs. We want to get that... that that horrible, evil Kevin Owens back. Uh, I'm, it's just, it hasn't seemed right in the last sort of year or so. Um, I mean, I'm hoping once he goes back to Raw, he is treated like the big deal that he actually is. I I expect at some point him and Sammy to sort of, to blow up again on each other and have another have another fight um, to go again, go their separate ways. I kind of hope that they don't... Um, put them together as a tag team and have them in a tag team division that the sort of cut alluded to last week that his tag team division was full I would I would I would like them to break up at some point and I want Kevin Owens to be treated like like I say like the absolute superstar that he is but I would in an ideal world I know storyline wise it wasn't possible I would have rather Sammy stayed on Smackdown I feel like at that point over SmackDown, he would have had a, he would have, would have been given more opportunities to come on the TV and do something meaningful every single week. On Raw, I just have a feeling he may get lost again. Hopefully, I mean, you're right that this could be a replay of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Authority figure. And when all is said and done, apart from some flashes of brilliance with Kevin Owens headbutting Vince and when they attacked Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon, they lost that feud when all was said and done. They basically got fired, so I think it lowered their stock. I know that's kayfabe, but it was felt as if that tussle that they had lasted for months, and it was literally all for nothing. So I don't want them to go down that road again. There is also the, we've talked about it earlier on tonight, the continuity issues where... Stephanie said, yeah, that's fine, saying Kevin and Sammy, even though both men battered her father and her brother. But there's that's another conversation for another day. Um, I just, it's, it's hard to determine the hierarchy because there's just been so many. I mean, Bobby Roode, 
he's one that's going to be in the sort of mid-card title zone. But I think Kevin Owens especially, I really wish he was in the sort of main event scene. Just because from a personal standpoint, I enjoyed it so much. Even when it was comedy stuff with Jericho, uh, I preferred... A, maybe it's just because I'm biased because Kevin Owens is my, my bae and all that stuff. But just give me Kevin Owens at the top. And I have to say... Sami Zayn should wear those specs, those glasses every single week because that was hilarious. I've got that picture in my phone of Sami Zayn in the spectacles and that was just too funny. He looks like an old ginger man. <laughs> so I'm trying to think if there are any other notable moves. So I'm just going to go through a list here, all right? And if there are any you want to talk about, give me a shout. We've got Natalia over on Raw. She looks like she'll be going... Uh, teaming up with Rousey not f- not from a tag team point of view just a, a mini faction are you all happy mm. with that one? Well yeah I think that'll do wonders for Rousey both as a person like learning the wrestling ropes and also from her character standpoint as in I've got a feeling it's going to be them teaming up for a bit and then Natalia because she's Natalia will turn on Rousey and that kind of teaches a lesson to her character mm-hmm. that's what I'm expecting I don't know how long they'll play it out for but it's mostly because of the feeling of Natalia comes to Raw and suddenly she's a good person. It's like, I don't trust you. No, I don't like it. <laughs> so I'm expecting Natalia to turn on her and kind of give her a lesson, but that will be good for Ronda Rousey to have a feud outside of being... being it's outside of it being an important feud. Uh-huh. So have something lower down to kind of work a character a bit. Yeah, it will be interesting to see Rousey that's not in such a massive spotlight match, so that'll be interesting. Natalia is one of your favourites, Ricky. Are you happy to see her on Raw? I'm, I'm like I said, she along with Charlotte. Charlotte's my favourite female wrestler, but Natalia runs her very close. I'm just happy to see her at any point. I think, like I said, she serves a purpose, whatever brand she's on, and what it just says have them teaming up and then have Natalia just turned on her because Natalia's a bitch in that sense. <laughs> it makes per- it makes absolute perfect sense. Um, She'll, like you said, she won't be too high up on the, on the card, Ronda Rousey, in that kind of feud. But she'll learn, and Natalia will put her over. And like I said, it'll, it'll continue. She just needs to keep progressing and going through those things. So let's say that will probably happen in the next couple of months or so. Um, but yeah, let's say I'm happy. I'm happy to see Natalia anytime. But let's say I'm not. I'm not under any sort of false pretensions that that she's going to now suddenly win the title. You know, like she's there and she has her her role on each on whatever show she's on, and she does it quite well. And like I said, I think like wrestling wise, wrestling ability, I think she's very good as well. So yeah, make what M says it makes absolute perfect sense, and I would agree. That's what we're most likely going to be doing. It's one of those ones that just feels like she's been on SmackDown forever. So like Ziggler, I welcome the change and look forward to see what they do with it. Now I'm going to mention. Six people. If there is a, a tumbleweed esque silence, I will move on very quickly. Ascension, Breeze Angle, and oh, seven people Baron Corbin, Zack Ryder, and Mojo Rawley. Does anyone have anything to say about these <laughs> men apart from Breeze Angle from the comedy side of things? Just Corbin. <laughs> More. <laughs> everyone else that I can, the other job squad. <laughs> apart from if a Breeze are comedy, everyone else is job squad, hopefully. <laughs> you never trust them with Mojo, <laughs> but oh, Mojo. <laughs> he always gets that reaction when you talk about a Mojo push. <laughs> Just like, oh god, no! <laughs> but yeah, um, with Baron Corbin, he's one of those who's to me he's always had potential. 
And on SmackDown, they seem to be getting close to maybe getting towards pushing to slowly realising that, and then it just comes to a sudden halt. So I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe try that again on Monday Night Raw, because to me, he's always had that potential. He just needed that next step or that creative help. And I wouldn't be surprised if SmackDown's bad creative year has done like a huge number on him, and they were like, like going to war is a great reset for him to kind of pick up where they were before 2017 happened. Uh-huh. But... Yeah, he could be one of those where he always had potential and then he just, it just never came to realisation. So he could just end up being mid-card nothing. Or, well, again, we'll wait and see. I'm not expecting huge things, but a decent mid-card run uh, is better than what happened in SmackDown this past year. Uh, that's quite a positive outlook, actually. I mean, he's been booked so badly this year that I just have no interest in him. But maybe, just like gender, that could be a good thing for him, Ricky? Um, I don't care about him. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I agree with him. Like, he has shown potential, but at some point it, it needs to stop being potential and actually you've fulfilled that potential. Um, like, other than he's got a great finisher, Corbin. Um, deep six as well. Is ridiculously, it's just, it's beautiful to watch. Uh-huh. Visually, but, like I said, visually I never, effective. I, it is visually pleasing, but I've never really took to him. In, but I did see a report on Twitter the other day that Vince thinks very highly of him. But mm. I don't, like I said, I think, he, I don't expect him to win the title. It might not, it might be in the main main event title scene now and then. I don't really, I think the main, the mid card is his sort of scene. Well, I says I'm. I don't. I don't get excited when it when it comes on my TV. You like and, and speaking of Mojo and Zack Ryder, that's like an extremely, extremely, very, very poor man's version of KO and Sammy. <laughs> I wouldn't even say it's a poor version. It's just. Zach... And I like Zack Ryder though. <laughs> Aye, and I know I'm pure a fan of Baron Corbin's music. I quite like it myself, but. Mm. Once the music stops, my interest stops also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the. I've seen a few criticisms of that with a few guys from NXT where it's like they're just entrances. It's like, uh, obviously, I, I don't entirely agree with that statement, but with Corbin, there's a sense of that. Like, if I've recorded it and I've not watched, watched live, which is probably most of the time, I end up watching his entrance and then as soon as the bell rings, I go, oh, oh, yeah, I actually have to watch him wrestle now, and then I end up winding it. (laughs) (laughs) Just rewinding and watching the entrance again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, good entrance, but uh, in the ring, I'm not entirely invested. Maybe I would be with a good storyline or a good arc, but uh, yeah, if it's just him, I don't know what it is. I I find him a bit, eh. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll see what happens for him. Uh, Funniest, apart from Sami Zayn's glasses, I think one of the funniest moments of the week was R-Truth saying to the New Day that he's looking forward to working with them on Monday Night Raw, even though he was on SmackDown. (laughs) I I think, I can't remember who I was listening to. It was either the right side of the pond on Ospain Radio or Steve or one of those. And they suggested that it would be great for R-Truth to go to SmackDown. I think he's on Raw. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure about that. And then when they actually did it, it was like, actually, no, he's genius. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's everything great about the stupid side of wrestling. Uh (laughs) I could watch R-Truth do stuff like that all the time. He should get his own show in the network. (laughs) The best best R-Truth segment was when when 
kick him down on Raw and interrupted Roman Reigns, Ziggler and Kane. And he was talking about how he was going to uh, overcome his fear of ladders. I don't know if you remember, it was a few years ago and, Ro- and Kane was like, you're not even in the match. And he and he had, uh, R-Truth had this face on, a real confused face. Like, I'm not in the match. He was like, oh, my bad. And then walked away. But in the ring, like you saw Roman Reigns and Ziggler who looked like they were actually welling up with tears like they were in, they were laughing that much and like she's like he's just a comedy genius and if you try to explain that to a non-wrestling fan you know they're going to look at you really weird you've just, you've just got to you've just got to have lived through that to understand it and get it do you remember when during one of the Royal Rumbles he came down and brought a ladder out from under the ring mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic and then there was and then there was little Jimmy little Jimmy mm. I liked that at first, and then it just got to a point where it was like, I don't know what it was, I just got bored of Little Jimmy, which is, it's stupid, and it's not the kind of thing which you're meant to have that, that much of a strong opinion on, <laughs> but yeah, it was, I think it's because I liked, I liked it when he was kind of, when I say with the Miz, I mean, he got his mini main event run, and then he went crazy, and I liked R-Truth the best kind of then, where he was in the middle of serious and complete comedy character, and for me, that was like the, like the core, of, that was the best R-Truth moment. That was still like that's that's seven years ago now, <laughs> but it was still that was an awesome moment. Also, when he was uh, in the ladder match and he was talking about being scared, with, uh, conquering his fear of arachnophobia. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, was he not smoking a cigarette on telly when? Oh yeah, with the chance of that's illegal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, comic genius. Shut. <laughs> Well, I think, as far as I'm aware, there's probably a few that we've missed, and apologies to them, but I think that's us covered most of the Superstar Shake-Up. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about, or shall we move on to the quiz this week? Uh, there's one, one from Monday, well, and, uh, yeah, just interrupting Ricky. Um, Bobby Lashley. Oof. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was about to ask. <laughs> like, what are your, like, where do you think he should slot in, or what he's going to actually accomplish on Raw because he's a weird one I don't know if he's going to be a good guy I don't know if he's going to be a bad guy I don't know what he, he just be muscle person who comes out and slams I don't know where he's going to slot at all he's another one where as soon as Reigns wins the title it will become more clear but well, what do you guys actually think of him in Monday Night Raw I oh, I never cared for him in his first run but I, I say I'm, I won't judge until I see him again because I, I didn't watch much of Impact to be honest when he was there um, I mean I watched a little bit of Impact like I watched I, I mainly watched TNA when it was the uh, AJ Styles and then when Kurt Angle etc came into it but the latter towards the end specifically what Bobby Lashley's done in the last couple of years I never watched but I heard good things about him so I'll just I'll reserve judgement for the time being but when I found out he was coming back, and when he did come back last week, like I said, I just sat there, I didn't move. It, it does it <laughs> done nothing for me. So maybe maybe that's telling in itself. But like I said, like you say, once once Roman gets that title in one or two months past, we'll have an idea what's actually going on. I'll reserve judgment, but like I said, it never. I wasn't. I wasn't enthusiastic about his return. See your description of him just a minute or so there. The description you gave Bobby Lashley—that's mm. what he was what, 10, <laughs> 10, 11 years ago. Mm. And the fact if if nothing has changed and they're just going to be the same guy, then I just I'm not interested at all. 
Um, I think we all feel the same there. <laughs> He's got a headband now. Headbands are cool. <laughs> I um, the only other thing I want is I want to see the bar versus the Usos in a prolonged feud as soon mm. as possible. Yeah. With, with, or, with, with or without the titles, I don't really care either way. Just give me that. I want to see that. I think when they met at the Survivor Series last year, they were both embroiled in their own personal feuds. The bar with um, the Brothers of Destruction. No, not the Brothers of Destruction. <laughs> <laughs> the Hounds of Justice. Uh, and the Usos with the New Day. So that the match that they had, it fell out of place. However, I think if they had time to work on, work together over a multi-month programme, I would be all for it. And I think it could be a, a classic so that would be good. Okay. Were you going to say something there, Ricky? No, that was I don't I don't think I've got much else to add. Um No, I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Will we um do the quiz then? Yeah, why not? Okay, I'll just splice in some music now. <laughs> It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Okay, now I'm, I'm not sure if you've listened before, but if you have, you'll know that we do a quiz at the end of the show, and each contestant has to have their own buzzer, which is basically. The f- a wrestler's catchphrase or something like that so in order to play you have to give us a catchphrase as your buzzer, I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> See, I have listened before and I was trying to think, <laughs> what could my buzzer be? Yeah, I completely forgot about it and finished my column <laughs> So <laughs> Well, if neither of you got it, I'd like to do the uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan special <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I can save it for my buzzer. You know what it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I don't know any answer at all, just so I can see, hear you say that all night to the rest of the show. <laughs> right, so Ricky, the floor is yours this week. I I was to make the quiz. Don't do this to me. Okay, sorry. Right, and the. So it's um, it's a superstar shake-up slash draft whatever brand split quiz. So here we go. Who was the first person announced to Raw in 2017? Oh, last year, Rick. Yes. <laughs> no, like, I'll repeat it. Who was the first person announced to Raw? <laughs> oh, it's true. It's damn true. Uh, go on. Roman Reigns? No. Oh! No, that's not right. Oh! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> was it Brock Lesnar? It was not. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I'll give you a clue. Um, this man is worldwide. Titus O'Neil? <laughs> can't be right. That can't be right, surely. Oh, um... Oh! Oh. Bella. Bella nope. Club. No, Bella Club Worldwide. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. oh, it's true, it's damn true. Go on. Oh, 2017? <laughs> I've got a complete blank. 
I'm too busy think... thinking about the 2016 one. <laughs> I've not. I can't. <laughs> That's terrible that we don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh. I'll give I'll give you one more clue. So it's sort of a two-part clue. He was mentioned earlier on in the show because of his name. <laughs> oh, it was mentioned earlier because of his name. <laughs> something, something about his name. Right, so it's worldwide. Something about his name. It's the first person on Raw last year. Oh, go on. Apollo Cruz. Correct. Oh, <laughs> is he really the first one out? <laughs> he, uh, he was done uh, before Raw kicked off. Yeah. <laughs> so he was, it was on, on his site or it was on Twitter. It was one of the two of them. Uh, see, I went right. for Titus instead of... Oh. <laughs> oh. Who, who was the first person to appear on the 2017 Raw last year as uh, who moved over from SmackDown? Hmm. Oh, Dean Ambrose. <laughs> Dean Ambrose. That is wrong. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. The Miz. Yes. Ah, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> who who interrupted them? Also making his raw debut slash coming over from SmackDown. Oh, <laughs> but this yep. one's got to be Dean Ambrose. Correct. Say, say it enough times, it'll be right eventually. <laughs> right. Just keep saying it all night, Dean Ambrose. <laughs> and. 2016. Name the first three people drafted to Raw in order from one to three. Oh, go on. Brock Lesnar. That's wrong. <laughs> I think I know it. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's damn true. Go on. Seth Rollins. Okay. What year was it again? <laughs> <laughs> 2016. Right, Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roman Reigns. Wrong. Oh, sh- oh. shit. Alright. Oh, I'm going to keep going to get this. <laughs> Seth Rollins. Yep. Brock Lesnar. Wrong. Oh. <laughs> Your turn. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you a clue. Um, one is a female and one came from NXT. Oh, female. Oh. Oh, yep. <laughs> right, so Seth Rollins. Mhm. Which one? Which way round? Uh, Sh- Charlotte. Correct. In Bella. Yes. Oh. Points to him. <laughs> well done. Okay, okay. Who was the first tag team selected to Raw? Hmm. This week. No, sorry, sorry, in the 2016 draft, sorry. Yeah. The bar didn't exist. Mm. Who existed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, uh, oh, it's true, it's damn true. Go on. Enzo and Cass? Nope. <sighs> no, did they not come up the night after WrestleMania? Oh, they did, didn't they, yeah. We had this on the quiz last week, Clive, remember? <laughs> oh I. Uh, I can't think of any tag teams. The 2016 draft. Yep. Oh. Yep. The new day. Correct. Uh. So currently the score is 
I think it's 4 1 imp. Ah, oh, suck it, Clive. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which of the, again, this is 2016, which of these two acts were drafted on the network slash Twitter slash WWE website after Raw? So, which two of these were drafted post Raw? The Usos, Braun Strowman, and Natalia. So, which of these two mm. were drafted after Raw went off air? Oh, it's going to be the Usos, isn't it? That's one of them. And. Oh. Braun Strowman? Correct. Yeah, because he was still Wyatt family. Yep. <laughs> so he, yeah. Oh, that's a lot of Right, last question. I don't know why I've got seven, but I settled on seven. Um, which title did Matt Hardy hold when he was drafted to ECW in 2006? Oh, <laughs> um, oh it's one of two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I don't know if it's mid-card or tag team. So. Oh. I'll go with the SmackDown, whatever it was called, the SmackDown One Night World Tag Team Championship. That is wrong. Uh, oh, it's true, it's damn true. The Cruiserweight? Save, save a, save, no. Oh, well, I don't know. You've thrown us because <laughs> six questions have all been about the last couple of years, and then you said, oh, here's one from 2006. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but see if see if you just start eliminate each and every single title, you're eventually going to get it right. Okay. Uh, oh, Dean Ambrose. I mean, <laughs> that's not even mine. oh, that's not even my buzzer. And <laughs> what, kind of, back. what kind of answer is Dean Ambrose? Well, if we see Dean Ambrose often enough, it will be right eventually. Remember. Yeah, well, let, let's see if he's right. Is he right? <laughs> he he is wrong. Funny oh. <laughs> nice try. Oh, <laughs> go on. Right. The United States Championship. Correct. Yeah. Clive, 6 1. <laughs> that was poor. Um, that was wasn't very even. Poor. It wasn't even a case of wanting to hear Jim Duggan's war cry. I just was bad tonight. <laughs> so, congratulations, yeah. Imp. That was, a, that was a burial. Safe to say. <laughs> well, I'll get Steve to design me a trophy and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that concludes everything for tonight thank you um, for coming on it's much appreciated uh, we'll do some plugging now catch us at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook uh, please make sure to rate and review the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the likes of Podbean Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Spotify now I believe there are a lot of quality shows going on at the moment. We've got Joss and Jeremy with Keeping It Strong Style, covering all things New Japan. Rance and Carl on their new venture, Outsider's Edge. One Nation Radio with Rich Latta, who for the time being is going solo like Jason Derulo. I have no idea what that means, but I said it anyway. Uh, and keep a lookout for a new addition. It's Caleb, who was previously with Rance and Carl. He's going to be covering Ring of Honor and Impact with the Wrestling Wash. Um, Ricky, have you got any shout-outs? Uh, get, I want also everyone to show some support to Jordan Fox. He has a podcast with uh, Rance from Outsider's Edge, and that podcast is called The World Class Podcast. So I want to give a shout-out to him, and uh, Jordan also writes for Social Suplex. 
So just wanted to make sure we give him a shout out. Yeah, um, there are hundreds of columns at socialsuplex.com just now. Uh, there's also the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. A special shout out to Dell and James who scoured the internet last week to come to the conclusion that Brock Lesnar's appearances no longer move the needle when it comes to TV appearance ratings and so forth. So that's another reason for Brock to just fuck off altogether. Uh, that's me, Imp. Have you got anything you want to plug? Uh, I will be live. Uh, I'm live every single Thursday on Laws of Pain Radio for LawsofPain.net. Uh, with the Perfect Ten Wrestling Show. Most weeks I have guests. Uh, some weeks, for example, this week I'll pre-record it and it won't be immediate. I also write columns on there under... It'll either be... Well, I'm starting a new one called Imp's WWE Adventure, but I'm mostly called... I'm mostly in New Japan. It's just that New Japan's not really doing anything at the moment, so write about WWE. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the, the damn Implicat. That's damn as in damn. And I, feel, I need to have a new description. <laughs> That's the only way I can think to do it. <laughs> But but yes, you can find me on Twitter there, um, and also um, lots of pain does shows every single week. And uh, I would as uh, plug the Facebook group. I'm also part of that Facebook group. Uh, but there's also the Laws of Pain's column forum, which is where everyone kind of uh, all, all the columnists on Laws of Pain kind of got their start there. Uh, I started in 2016. I was crap, <laughs> and uh, the people down there taught me how to do it, and I eventually got better. And now I'm on the main page uh, doing columns for thousands. So that's nice. That's lovely. Uh, if, even if you don't want to get to the main page, it's just a, a fantastic community to be a part of as well. Uh, everybody helps everybody and talks about wrestling. Uh, and even Clive writes down there regularly as well, so that's lovely. Yes, I do. I write the 205 Live review report slash results page thing. Um, I've not been in the forums for quite a while just because I've been committed to the weekly 205 stuff, but I do want to get back on there. So look for something in the maybe not so near future. I'll confirm that <laughs> at a later date. <laughs> Um, but I think that's us for this week I hope you have enjoyed the show and we'll speak to you next week Good night. take care guys adios thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive wrestling podcast we'll see you next time